0: Believe it or not, the Cincinnati Reds are doing something that they haven't done before this offseason, and that is actually stick to their plan. By doing so, they are going to make a way to fast track the young talent from the minor league straight to the majors. Jeff and I are going to discuss that. Plus, we are going to take your comments and questions on today's Aloha Friday Live Edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. Let's go. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds
1: podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on reds. Welcome into this Aloha live edition for a Friday afternoon. My name is Jeff Carr. I am your co-host of the lockdown reds podcast alongside Steven Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati reds fans that have turned an addiction to this team into information for you. Lockdown Reds is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks as always for making us your first listen. We are free and available on all platforms. On today's podcast, people are angry and I'm confused. We were going to talk about why, because, uh, the winter meetings were kind of quiet for the Cincinnati Reds, but. If you didn't see that coming, well, then you've not been paying attention. We're going to tell you why, and we're going to tell you what exactly the plan is that the reds are sticking to and why it is important. Before we jump into all of that, I wanted to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by bet online, Bet online, as you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before, BetOnline online is where the game starts and Steve, where we're going to start today is with something that the reds are doing that surprises me. And it's not because they didn't do anything. It's not because they didn't sign somebody to a 4,000 gajillion billion million dollar contract for 27 years and stock options and all that stuff. It's because they're sticking to a plane and before we jump into that i want to let everybody know give us a comment on what your thoughts on the reds are right now because i'm seeing a lot on twitter people people are
0: angry steve and i'm not really sure why well i mean i know why and i don't fault people their anger i mean this franchise has done a lot of really dumb things over the last couple years to alienate this fan base and i think that everybody is looking through I'm pissed off at Phil colored glasses with everything that the Reds do right now or everything that the Reds don't do right now. So I get it. I And, and they've never truly been given. And I told you that the Castellini's made a mistake by not giving Reds fans an outlet at Reds Fest to vent mm. the frustration and get it out of their systems. They've not been given that. They haven't had the opportunity to do that. And quite frankly, since that has not been made available to them, I think people are going to stay ticked off until the Reds put a winner on the field. That's fair. And I just,
1: I, I've seen lots of frustration, consternation, um, constipation, maybe not that word, but I've seen a lot of folks that are unhappy with the fact that even the pirates did something, but the reds didn't. And I think that it has to be pointed out that for once in our lives, as reds fans, the reds had a plan and they stuck to that plan. I, I don't understand why they thought it was going to be any difference. The Reds are not going to keep up with the Joneses, Steve. They're just not.
0: No, they're definitely not going to keep up with the Coens. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> yes. this, this team is not going to be spending money. And uh, I have to try and find a way to be okay with that. And for me, I have kind of been a proponent of this plan that Nick Cross says he is trying to, to implement and run. Uh, I think the Reds can be good. They can be competitive with the talent base they've now put in place to start, you know, utilizing. I I wish we could find a better name for this than the Tampa model. Uh, I don't (laughs) know what whatever it is we're calling this Uh, the the churn and burn roster, the the the. The flip them while you can roster, whatever it is we're going to call that. You know, I can get behind this thing where we keep players until they have about a two to a year and a half of team control left, and you trade them for new guys, and you just keep doing that with a couple signings to keep some faces of the franchise around. I'm all on board with that. But what that means is we have to to not look at the the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Padres and, and think the Reds are doing something wrong. They're running a right. different plan. And, you know, the, quite frankly, the Yankees, Dodgers, Padres way right now is kind of the lazy way. You know, they're going to go out, they're going to spend a boatload of money. It might work. It might not. Ask the Yankees and the Dodgers how it worked out for them and their boatloads of money last season. Uh, It didn't. Uh, In case you were wondering, the World Series trophy resides in Houston. So, you know, sometimes money isn't the great equalizer in this game that we make it out to be. So if the reds can compete in the way that Tampa competes uh, and we get there by the end of 2024, I'll be a happy guy and I'm willing to give Nick crawl just enough time and space and rope to either figure it out or hang himself.
1: And speaking of Nick crawl, he had a couple of good quotes and I noticed these quotes, they were in an article in the athletic by C Trent Rosecrans. When he was talking about the reds being very quiet, this uh, winter meetings, Nick cross had this to say, he said, if you look at the core of our big league club, we have four pitchers that made their major leagues debut last year. That were three starters and Alexis Diaz, they did really well we've got Tyler Stevenson and Jonathan India starting on the big league club. I know that there were some injuries last year and I feel really good about the core actually in the big leagues. Being able to grow younger players to the big leagues is what we need to do. That's key. I feel good that we're moving in the right direction steve the the stated goal and we'll talk a lot about this on today's podcast but the stated goal for this reds team draft develop things like that means that this off season, the point of this offseason is opening doors for ellie de la cruz opening doors for top prospects like christian Encarnacion, strand brandon williamson levi stout they've done that
0: now they just have to follow through with it you know yeah. uh, I, I I've told you a couple times and I've said it on the show a couple times I really think that the circumstances are aligning for Ellie de la Cruz to go out to Goodyear this year batter the ball around for three weeks and make the opening day roster I don't think yeah. that's very far-fetched I think he has uh you know skyrocketed into rock star status and he's gonna be there sooner than later these other guys there's some wiggle room but I I think by May, we're going to start seeing more and more and more of this young talent. And what that means is the Reds can't go out and spend $40 million on guys that are just going to be in the way. And and those players, they they see what Cincinnati's doing too. They're not going to come here and know that no matter what they do in two months, they're going to lose their job to, to player X, Y, or Z that's going to be brought up and be given the playing time. So, you know, Nick Crow has to be smart. And we've talked about this, Jeff. They need some outfield help. They need some help at catcher. And we're going to get into the help at catcher they're trying to bring in. And I see that they have a strategy. I don't know that I necessarily agree with it, but there is a strategy unfolding behind the plate. And they need to go get some bullpen arms. And that's really all they need to do while they're continuing to follow through with the stated goal and the plan of bringing up the talent.
1: And that's really the key here is that look i'm not being a shill here by saying that this is what the reds plan is i'm trying to set the expectation i feel like there's lots of reds fans that have lost the expectation they think that baseball operates like mlb the show and you can just go get out just go out and get any player that you want to get It doesn't work for the reds this way and there's two different ways that you can build a championship team there's money and there's time and the reds have chosen time and as much as we might be a little bit impatient and we want to see them succeed right now. We want to see them succeed yesterday. I, all this other stuff, it's not going to happen instantly. The reds have chosen. All right. You either spend money or you spend time. They're going to spend time where it comes to building a winning ball club. They, they made a couple of moves. None of the moves are going to get anybody out of their chair. Probably the only move that they made to add a player, with any experience really. I mean, they have very, you know, peppered experiences based on the different guys that you look at, but they added the one guy, Silvino Bracco. He's a right-handed relief pitcher from Venezuela. He's pitched in parts of six seasons with the Diamondbacks, going back to 2015. He also pitched for like 10 seconds uh, last year for the Braves. But look, he's had five total innings in the last four seasons. None of these guys, are stopping the young guys from getting up, and that is the point.
0: Well, and and as I mentioned, the, some of these other guys, there's a lot of catcher activity, a lot of things going on with uh, trying to shore up what was an abysmal position last year. Uh, they did some things with the Rule 5 draft, and we're going to talk about All of that coming up here in just a minute. But before we talk about that, I want to shout out the sponsor of today's podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by our friends over at Built Bar. You have got to try yourself some Built Bar, and you have got to try the new reimagined flavors that they've got over at Built Bar. You're not going to want to miss out on these. They've got Cookie Dough Topper. They've got Coconut Brownie Bar, and they've got a Coconut Brownie Topper. Uh, They've got White Chocolate peppermint granola it's built take on a granola bar it's very very filling it's very very tasty and it's very very healthy uh built bar didn't let you down for the holidays either they have got a candy cane brownie puff i said the magic words for jeff he's probably drooling right now i said Puff built puffs are like biting into this cloud of marshmallow goodness. You are definitely going to be just addicted and stuck on built bars. If you try these things, folks, uh, you know, I made the mistake of, of trying them just one time and I am hooked. They are always stashed in my locker at work. That's how I get through some of my 12 hour overnight shifts. Uh, thank you built bar for that. Uh, first off, if you haven't tried built bar before, they are literally the best tasting protein bars ever. Well built. Uh, They're revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate. They've got 17 grams of protein and shockingly low sugar and calories, just 130 calories. And talking about that low sugar, if you're on a keto diet, if you're trying to stay away from the carbs, these are the protein bars for you because they keep you on keto and they taste amazing. You can sink your teeth into that first bite, and it's pretty much going to change your life forever. Uh, you're probably wondering which of the new flavors are my favorite. Well, I got to tell you that I'm pretty addicted to like the whole holiday gig on anything other than pumpkin spice. So I'm all in on the the candy cane puff. I I want to uh, get a bunch of those stockpiled so that when they go away, I have them around for more than just the holidays. Uh, So you're going to have to try Built for yourself. And here's what you can do. You can head over to Built.com right now, and you're going to get 15% off of your order by using the promo code LOCKEDON15. Uh, That's at Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15 on your next order to save 15% off of your built bar purchase. Don't miss out. Head over there today, built.com use the promo code locked on 15. All right, Jeff, we, we, uh, we jammed that first segment up there and we didn't get through half of the stuff. So I want to circle back instead of moving into segment two here, because uh, there was some things that we haven't talked about. We had our great uh, two parter with Tyler Stevenson and uh, we, you know, That was more important, I think, than going over some of these small moves that the Reds were making. But I do want to touch on them because we've been talking about what it is they're going to do to fill out this roster. Uh, We were wondering if the Rule 5 draft was going to produce anybody for the Reds, and it did for about 30 seconds. Uh, And they've gone out and signed a couple catchers. They've gone out and signed another pitcher that, you know, his big league experience consists of you know helping to smooth out the mound at the end of a game i think i mean he really didn't pitch very much and then the catcher situation one i'm excited about chucky is back they have brought chucky robinson back into the fold invited him to spring training i think this is a fantastic move i've been saying all along that i thought what uh, they did by letting everybody else walk and keeping Chucky around was that you've got a guy that you can stick down in AAA that he's not going to come up and be a world beater if you need him to play, but he's going to know the big leagues a little bit. He showed that he can catch the ball, which is like now our new benchmark <laughs> yeah. for catchers in Cincinnati. And every once in a while, he might stumble bumble his way into an extra base hit. That's a guy I want down in AAA. i I'm not talking about him being a starter. He's not even catcher number two, but he's a great insurance policy down in Louisville.
1: Oh, I 100% agree. And they added another insurance policy in a non-roster invitee in Johnny Pareda. So you look at Chucky Robinson, you look at Johnny Pareda, neither of these guys are currently on the 40 man roster, but they're there and they're waiting. Now Pareda himself has actually not made a major league debut. He's played in triple a, but, he is going to be 27 this year and has yet to debut. So there's something there again we're talking about dudes that aren't going to block the way if for some reason Matt Nelson or or Daniel Valehin or something like that really vaults up through the minor leagues. I don't expect them to be in the major leagues this year, but if there is a chance that they do, uh, neither Chucky Robinson nor Johnny Parada are standing in their way. I don't even really think that Luke Maley is standing in their way, but that's, that's a whole other thing. Uh, but yes, uh, Chucky Robinson is back. Jared Solomon is back. A couple of relief pitchers. Um, we mentioned the one relief pitcher who, uh, is basically smoothing out the mound at the end of the game, his major league, uh, Uh, Experience consists of seven total innings across three appearances last year for the Rays in which he basically was just on mop-up duty and to quote his statistics would be superfluous, but they weren't great, but he's literally just going to be probably a camp body. I would be surprised if he breaks camp with the team, but his name, Kevin Hergit, I think we haven't even said the poor guy's name yet, but Kevin Hergit. And it's not that Hergit that's Jimmy Hergit who used to be in system and currently pitches, I think for the angels. And he had that herky jerky delivery. It's not that Hergit. So yeah, these guys were added. um, Don't necessarily think uh, this isn't even worthy of saying that they don't move the needle, like the the needle didn't even think about itself with these,
0: you know, other than shoring up the catcher, the rest of these guys, I think are are just you know roster filler for spring training and maybe they'll catch lightning in a bottle somewhere the other move jeff that really wow the rule five draft you know the reds did in fact draft draft a catcher slash outfielder in blake sable in the rule five draft and he was a member of this organization for about 35 seconds the (laughs) reds turned right around and traded him to the san francisco giants for a player to be named later uh, now you have here or cash considerations and I thought when I initially read this deal it was and cash considerations I think they're oh. getting a player and money out of this deal uh, which makes me speculate that maybe they already have an agreement on who that player is going to be they're just waiting for the Giants to sign somebody else like maybe the Giants have something in work I think I think there's more to this deal it's not going to be a world beater again there's not going to be a press conference off of this but it was a little peculiar the way this whole thing went down
1: yeah, I think part of it's just semantics because when you make a rule five selection, you pay a hundred thousand dollars to the team that you select him from. They got uh Blake Sable, I believe, from the Pirates. And then you uh if you do not keep him on your active roster for the entire season. So if Blake Sable was not on the major league roster for the entirety of twenty twenty three, they would then offer him back to the Pirates for fifty K. And if you turn him down, then he stays with the team. But regardless of that, this trade negates all that worry. Now the player to be named later can be on your active roster, can be on your minor league roster whatever. And the reds get cash considerations for it. Likely the giants just paid for the $100,000 fee that the reds sent to the pirates. So I, I think that that's probably, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think I typed that in the notes wrong. It's and cash simply just to pay for that. So essentially the reds got a potential something for literally nothing like Blake Sable wasn't even on their team. So it's kind of a, a one, again, one of those marginal, marginal, marginal moves, you know, like off, off, off Broadway or something like that. But at the end of the day, this could turn into something. And that is probably what we're looking at for the most of this offseason.
0: season. Well, listen, your new best friend from Reds Fest, Nick Crawl, had this to say about the <laughs> moves that he made. Uh, I quote, we've got to know who we are crawl said, uh, we can't just make moves to make moves because it's, that's not improving our club. That's probably just going to make us worse. If we're just doing something and locking a guy up and saying, oh, we did this to appease you. I thought that was a very interesting choice of words, Jeff, uh, back to the quote. I don't want to just appease somebody. Our goal is to win. And this is how we feel. We have built a team to win. This is pretty, this is probably the most defiant, strong, most strongly worded Nick Craw quote that we've seen out of him uh, something that looks like a little thought was put into it. Like maybe somebody helped yeah. him polish it a little bit. Uh, he didn't stumble and bumble and fumble his way through this. He kind of threw down the gauntlet here and said, listen, I'm not trying to appease you. I'm trying to build a winner. And I, that's a bold strategy cotton. Let me tell you.
1: I was going to say, like, I looked at this quote and I'm like, I can see this one of two ways. There's probably plenty of people that read this and are very angry about it, but I'm not, I'm impressed. I'm glad he said this. And I think that this was very well thought out. And we, we talk about, you know, we want to offer them free PR advice. Uh, no edit needed on this one. Uh, I think that he did a fantastic job. Look, I think that you can make an argument to say, okay, well, if you do add like a Trey Turner or somebody like that, it's not just going to appease you. And that's not just making a move to make a move that would improve the club. But at the same time, within the rules that they have set, that move doesn't make any sense. So the way that they are building the team is it's nice to see that they're actually sticking to that. And and I love the fact that Nick crawled j- through down the glass like you said and just said, "Look, this is how we're going to do it." And I believe we will see a step forward this year. We're not going to see the playoffs. We're not going to see the Reds team in the postseason in 2023, but we're going to see the plan. And I think that's what everybody was worried about when we entered this offseason is what is the plan? Nick crawl says, "I know the plan. We're sticking to the plan. We're not breaking the plan." And that has me pumped.
0: And, and along those lines, Jeff, I think if the Reds are going to go sign a free agent to a major league deal, uh, like we're kind of hoping that they'll do for the outfield or for the rotation slash bullpen, uh, those signings are going to come closer to spring training, maybe even once spring training starts already. Uh, that seems to be the case for these teams that are trying to follow this model. They're not going to go out and spend big money. Uh, they're going to look for bargains near the end. So, uh, you know, the Reds are not going to keep up with the Joneses Joneses or the Coens, as we have determined. But they believe in their plan. Uh, They believe that as the time moves forward, this plan is going to pay off. And while it's frustrating fans right now, uh, the Reds are hoping to deliver long-term success. Exactly.
1: So question is and we've kind of already answered this is what does a successful 2023 offseason look like for the reds and why are they already kind of halfway there we're going to explain that coming up next before we do though wanted to let you know you can follow us on twitter in between episodes we're on the twitterverse uh spewing different thoughts whether it be about baseball star wars football whatever all on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two F's and you can follow the show at locked on reds. Also make sure you're following us right here on YouTube. If this is your first time watching us, thank you. Thanks for joining us here on this live edition of the locked on reds podcast. Make sure you drop a comment below. Let us know, uh, what's on your mind when it comes to the Cincinnati reds. And by the way, coming up on Monday, we are going to dive into Hunter green and the one thing that he can do for a breakout season in 2023 spoiler alert. I'm not talking
0: about a third pitch.
1: You'll have to see what we're talking
0: about on Monday. So, Jeff, I see a lot of comments rolling in. I just want everybody to know I see you guys. We're going to get to you in just a few minutes. We're going to we're going to cover a few more things here and we're going to dive into all of these things when we put you guys in the driver's seat. So uh, bear with us just a few more minutes and we will get to these comments. I see you guys over there. Exactly. And I'm looking forward to that coming
1: up here in just a few minutes. But uh, before we get to that, though, like uh, opening up paths to the big leagues for key prospects is the biggest offseason goal for the reds right now. And if you go out and you sign one of those 11 year deals that the Padres gave to Xander Bogarts, you're blocking a prospect. Yeah. 11 years. That's a long time now. Granted for him personally, he gets to live in San Diego for 11 years. That's a pretty good gig, but Overall for this Reds team, speaking about the Reds, people are getting so angry about the fact that they did not do anything of note during the winter meetings. Now there were talks about, you know, rumors about maybe the Reds are talking about possible trades in the future. You might see. Uh, the kind of prospect swap that some other teams have done. I wonder exactly what that's going to look like. And that gives me a little bit of worry to see what a trade of that caliber might look like. And that's a topic for another episode, but what they have done is by adding some certain guys to the 40 man roster by not signing these big contracts that are going to hamstring the roster, they've opened up a possibility for LA de la Cruz. And that my friend, is exciting
0: well i don't think anybody at this point sees a future in 2023 that doesn't include ellie de la cruz at the big league level um i the more and more that i spend more and more time i spend thinking about this jeff i think he's going to be there opening day and i know there's ramifications as far as you know his super two status and his you know ability to be controlled longer. I, I think he's gonna force the issue. Uh he has just demolished every level that he's gone to. And I think he'll go to Goodyear and continue to demolish. And the Reds just simply aren't going to have a choice. But he's not the only one with a path in that very narrow window between the end of spring training and let's just call it June first. That mm-hmm. window in between there. Uh we're gonna see Brandon Williamson in that time. If not On the opening day roster, we're going to see Levi stout in that time. If not on the opening day roster, we're going to see Andrew Abbott in that time. If not on the opening day roster, you know, Spencer steer is already up. Matt McClain could make noise in spring training and find his way into Cincinnati before June 1st. Uh, These things can happen and happen quickly. So, you know, for me, I would much rather them just make those moves and get them to the big league level and not have anybody in their way when they do it. And I think that may be more of what was involved in trading Kyle Farmer than that $6 million salary.
1: Yeah, I I firmly agree on that. And, Don't tell me Kevin Newman's blocking anybody. Kevin Newman ain't blocking anybody at all. So I think that, uh, they have done a brilliant job with the moves that they've made within the margins. Now I I do believe that there are a few moves that they can still make because they need to supplement the roster until all of these guys are up. But then whenever those guys are ready, make sure that the guys that you bring in are guys that you can maybe then swap for other prospects for later down the road or something like that, or one year deal type guys that you're not worried about being hamstrung to a large contract. And that's why the reds didn't make a move for anybody like that. Plus you're also talking about, you know, the chance for Christian and strand later on this year to make his debut. And we have asked different people throughout the organization, who can hit the uh, Toyota Tundra who's currently in the minor leagues. And they all say it's him like mm-hmm. now, I, obviously the other one is Ellie de la Cruz, but I think even more so people were saying Christian Encarnacion Strand could be that guy. So very much looking forward to all of these guys. And if the reds are going to have long-term success, it is through these guys getting to the major leagues, getting comfortable and becoming huge factors day in and day out.
0: No, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think that, you know, I commend Nick crawl in, in one you know regard that he's learning to filter the noise out and he's, he's learning to, to just, you know, speak a direct truth into the camera and say, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. I'm not deviating from it. And here's where I'm trying to get. Uh, I think that he did a fantastic job last year of uh, amassing enough talent that, You know, we got to be realistic about this talent if they don't make they're not all going to make the majors. Some of these guys are going to miss, but there's enough of the talent now that even with the guys that are going to miss, you can still build out a a huge quality major league roster that's going to do some damage for a lot of years. So, you know, I'm I understand. I get the frustration. Nobody is is more frustrated than me about this team continuing to not win. Uh, but I'm willing to give it just that one more season that I think it's going to take to finally turn a corner. You know, I don't know how many times this season I've said, Jeff, that 2024 could be a year for the Reds where they rank, you know, in the top three in wins and the bottom three in payroll, just because of the way they've structured this whole thing out. And, you know, I'm looking forward to that day.
1: Yeah. I'm with you, Steve, because it's very clear opening up paths to the big leagues for key prospects is the biggest offseason goal for the for the this offseason for the Reds right now. And this is the part where we are going to end the uh preconceived plan for the Locked On Reds podcast here today. As we are live, this is the Aloha live edition, the Aloha Friday edition of the lockdown Reds podcast. But this is going to wrap us up, uh, for part of the podcast. This is our audio part that we will get this cut off at. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Make sure that you uh, check us out coming up Monday, uh, and make sure that you, uh, join us here for the live edition on YouTube. Uh, uh, I was going to try and make this every Friday, but as we continue for the question and answer portion of the podcast, but just want to let you know, coming up Monday, we are going to talk about the one key to a breakout season for Hunter green in 2023. But thanks as always for making us your first listen, make sure you check out the Locked On sports today podcast. They got the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions and the big game recaps and all that great stuff, just like locked on reds. They are free and available on all platforms.